Hello, and welcome to CineDrunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema and alcohol. Brought to you by Cinemunch.com. I'm one of your hosts, Matt, joined by Nathan. Oh, hi. <laughs> Good start. And Elizabeth. That's me. Wow, correct. Uh, we are here with a 2005 Oscar retrospective. Mm-hmm. It has been 10 years. 10. Since this ceremony and these winners, and we're here to re-examine the things that we think are worthy and not so much. And to do so, and in honor of, just to give you a hint, probably, of something we think is very unworthy, Nathan, would you like to share what we are drinking, our special themed drink? We are drinking the Crash and Burn, (laughs) (laughs) which is one step away from a WAP basically. Um, mm-hmm. or, or there as, are lots of names. No, as people on this coast, if you're listening from the East Coast, like to call it jungle juice. Mm. Um, but basically it's like seven kinds of liquor, rum, um, fruit juice. Uh, Some liqueurs. Yeah, I mean, you've got blackberry brandy, you've got lime juice, um, almond liqueur, orange juice, dark rum and light rum, triple sec, peach liqueur. Little Bacardi 151 in there, just fair. Exactly, another kind of rum. So, it's strong, and it's yeah. good. It's a mess. It's a little sweet, but Much like the best we picture are winner. sweet as can be. And not unlike the Best Picture winner, it was a bunch of disparate things that they just threw together, threw together. and then tried to present as a cohesive finished product they got away with it they did fuckers um but before we get too into it uh matt you have some trivia yeah instead of ending the the episode with with a little game or some trivia let's let's start it off to get in the mood of uh 2005 let's Mm. take it back let's get in our delorean and go back 10 years Mm. uh well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i guess nine years to the ceremony nine and a half years but the movies of 2005, we're a decade not ago. Math, but you... <laughs> <laughs> no, or English speakers, really. We're, 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 we're holding nothing. Up. Anyhow, I'm going to go back and forth. I'm going to start with Elizabeth. This question is for you. All right, I'm nervous. Uh, on January 31st, 2006, who presented the nominations with then president of the Academy, Sid Gamis? Was it Kathy Bates, Mira Sorvino, or Angelica Houston? Whoa, that's hard. Yeah, what? Um, what? It's really hard. I'm going to go Mira. That is correct for one point. It was Mira's turn. I was going to just have you blindly guess for two points, but I guess that... That's right. Well, I just figured she's the youngest and prettiest of the group, which Oscar likes. So all three have presented the nominations? Mm. With the emperor or whoever <laughs> Yes, the emperor the of the academy. The Grand Marshal. The, the Grand Vizier. <laughs> when you and I take over, when we take over, when Sinna Drunk takes over, it will be the Emperor. <laughs> we will be the Emperor. <laughs> well, I'll just be Collective Empress. Yes. Empress yes. Sinna Drunk. Three-headed Empress. <laughs> All right, Nathan. This question is for you, number two. Uh-oh. Uh, what film that year had the most nominations? Oh, no. I can give you multiple choice. Yes, please. Was it Crash? Brokeback Mountain, or King Kong? Okay, it wasn't King Kong. Just because of acting and directing and picture and none of that. 
Um, because it's you writing these questions, I'm going to say Brokeback. That is correct. Uh, for a bonus point, how many nominations did it have? Let's see. It had picture director, actor, supporting actor. Probably supporting actress, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, definitely probably screenplay adapted. Uh, I was going to say seven, and I've come up with six. So I'm going to uh, it's probably eight, seven, eight. Is it seven or eight? I would guess there's also cinematography. Dun, it's probably nine. nine. Dun, 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 dun. Time's up. Nine. Final guess? Nine. It was eight. Damn it! Uh, but you still got the one point. It's tied. One to one. Uh, question number three, Elizabeth. How many of the Best Picture nominees had female producers? <laughs> Could be anywhere from zero to five. Um, <laughs> that's my thinking noise. <laughs> When I'm drinking Crash and Burns. I'm going to go with <laughs> one for Brokeback Mountain. No, two. I bet Steven Spielberg worked his producing he's a woman. partner. Or he's a man. No, but he works with the... <laughs> who's the oh, female? Kathleen Kennedy? Kathleen Kennedy. Two. Three. <gasps> oh! Mm -hmm. But well, you were right on Brokeback. Oh, Diana Osana and Munich. Kathleen Kennedy was one of the yes. producers. Crash also had a... Fuck you, Crash. A female producer. <laughs> she should Fuck be ashamed of Fuck you, female producers. <laughs> no point. Uh, Nathan, true or false? George Clooney was... What? He gets a true or false? And I, did, I didn't even get multiple choice. To be it. fair, you know much more. <laughs> Just in life. <laughs> Just in general. Uh-huh. Uh uh, true or false, and there's an optional bonus point at the end of this, mm -hmm. George Clooney was the first person to receive nominations in the same year for acting, directing, and screenwriting. Well, if there's a bonus question, I'm going to say false. Oh, I shouldn't have said It is false. Bam! That's why I'm good uh, at he standardized was, tests. He was the what? Oh, Second, I don't third, even have fourth, to name. Fifth, sixth, seventh, um, eighth, ninth, tenth. The second. Fifth. Wow. Mm, what were the previous five? I have five? no idea. Well, I don't know. Well. I'm sure Orson Welles was one. I was thinking, was Roberto oh. Benigni nominated for screenplay? Hmm. Did he write that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not super well prepared. I just know he was fifth. Well, I'm disappointed in you, but let's Whatever. Uh, Elizabeth. <laughs> yes. For the first time since 1962, all four acting winners were what? Humanoids. False. Well, it certainly isn't white. <laughs> We're always white. All four acting winners were first-time winners. That's a good First-time Oscar winners. They were, but they were also all first-time nominees. So she's right. Oh, but I was right. This question sure, was very not? specific. You're not oh, wait, but he said for the first time since, since 1962. So you're not really right, actually. Probably. Who knows? Actually, no. I know. You're wrong. Yeah. Wrong. I'm ahead. Okay. <laughs> My turn. <laughs> Ooh, getting heated in here. Oh, and it's another true or false for Nathan. True or false. It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp was the I first rap training song. training wheels version of this. You do. I, I, I kind of purposefully made that way. True or false? It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp was the first rap song performed at the Oscars to win Best Original Song. Define rap. Rap. <laughs> Songs yo, yo, that would be... Um, 
genre of rap? Uh, false. That is true. Eminem had won for Lose Yourself in 2002, but he didn't perform it at the ceremony. So oh, by the wording of the so question, it's hard on your again. Was the first rap song performed Go at the Oscars away. doing the original song? Sneaky Trixie. <clears throat> we got some more. Elizabeth. All five Best Picture nominees had corresponding Best Director nominations. This was the, what, fourth, sixth, or eighth time in history that had happened in a year of five Best Picture nominees. So Best Picture and Best Director matched five I for five. Yes, I understand. Fourth, sixth, or eighth <laughs> time in history. She does. Just clarifying for, our, for those for at our home. foreign listeners. <laughs> yes. Let's do sixth. Fourth. Bastard. Mm-hmm. Nathan, who received two nominations this year in 2005 or six to tie them for second most nominated individual ever? To tie them? Who's them? The, the person, the, the answer. This tie person received she. two nominations that year, and those two nominations tied them for, like, I moved them think, up on the list. Yeah, I don't think tied in that way is a transitive verb, but anyway. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, um, Think about it. Wait. Most nominations of all time, some of them would be nominated a lot. Yep. This year, they received two nominations, which then tied them for second most nominations of all time for an individual. Ooh. I guess. Oh, Steven Spielberg. Incorrect. Elizabeth, you want to steal? John Williams. Correct. Uh, yes. My guess wasn't horrible. He was nominated for what? Munich and what was the other score? Your bonus point? What is it? <laughs> no, it's not gasping. <laughs> it was Memoirs of a Geisha. Oh, I forgot that. We're tied at two to two. Um, Nathan. No, Elizabeth. Match point was Woody Allen's uh, was nominated for original screenplay for Woody Allen was nominated for original screenplay for Match Point, which was his eleventh, thirteenth, or fourteenth nomination for original screenplay. Eleven, thirteen, or fourteen. Uh, let's do eleven. Fourteen. Jeez, and he since had 15th way. and 16th with uh, Midnight in Paris, which he won for, and Blue Jasmine. Crazy town. Nathan, speaking of Memoirs of a Geisha, it won costume design for what costume designer? Sandy Powell, Colleen Atwood, or Jacqueline Duran? The only two I know are Sandy Powell and Colleen Atwood. Exactly. Which, which was it? Or was it Jacqueline Duran? Uh... Actually, Jacqueline Duran sounds familiar, too. Um, I'm gonna say can't candy or coffee. <laughs> Sandy Atwood. <laughs> That's Colleen. cheating. Colleen Atwood. Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and a final question for either of you. Uh, Nathan has three, and Elizabeth has two. 
What film won the most Oscars that year? Crash. I can give you multiple choice. Brokeback, Crash, King Kong, or Memoirs of a Geisha? I'm going to go with King Kong. I'm going to go with Memoirs of a Geisha. Well, it's a trick question because all four of those movies won three Oscars. Yay! Good game! <laughs> They're giving me evil looks. So Matt never yeah, gets to do trivia Yeah, again. no. Whatever, those are that good trivia. Like <laughs> when your child Fuck all you guys. dinner for Mother's or Father's oh Day. Oh so yeah, Maybe some macaroni art. And then tricks, tricksy questions. Alright, so moving on from that disaster <laughs> Whatever. Just kidding, there was some good trivia in here. Matt, you did a good job. Thank you for the consolation Oscar. <laughs> we just get very frustrated when we don't win. <laughs> um, so let's go as the Oscar telecast probably would and start with Best Supporting Actor. Let's. Uh, the nominees that year were, were <laughs> the winner, George Clooney for Syriana, Matt Dillon for Crash, Paul Giamatti, Cinderella Man, Jake Gyllenhaal, Brokeback Mountain, and William Hurt, A History of Violence. So as I said, GC won that, George Clooney won for Syriana, but uh, Nathan, if you were giving out the Oscar, would we have taken over as Empress of the Academy? Who do you bestow? <laughs> Who would you have voted for? You, I know what bestow means. <laughs> I know. Um, can I, like, very can, hostile. can you come yeah. back to me yes. while I look up other movies? Because I would write in someone. Sure. Oh, I actually loved this category. I, I mean, I really like all five of these performances, actually. Like, as I much do. as I might not like Crash, I do think Matt Dillon is the best performance in the film. Yeah. And I didn't mind the nomination. I like Paul Giamatti, especially coming off a year of being snubbed for Sideways. I was totally okay. With that nomination, obviously I love Brokeback Mountain and I adore Jake Gyllenhaal and I think he's fantastic in the film. I flipped my shit for A History of Violence and I Me too. love William Hurt. Me and too. I love that that performance got nominated. And I would have nominated that Maria Bello and amazing. I would have nominated Viggo Mortensen. Oh, I'm so pissed. And I would well, have nominated when, Once we get to either lead actress or supporting actress, I will bitch and moan about Maria Bello not being yeah. nominated because that fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> this, this podcast is really we but, we get that E rating. Oh, we are gonna earn it. Especially once we get to crash, the expletives are gonna gonna fly like racism <laughs> in that film. I don't know what's going on, but uh, <laughs> this crash and burn is just really helping us a lot to crash and burn. Um, I really, really disliked Syriana and Clooney's smugness. I don't know. Whatever. He's talented, and he had good night and good luck that year. And I would have rather he one in some other category. I, I don't like... I, I don't mind the performance, but definitely of these five nominees, I I probably would have voted for Jake Gyllenhaal, but I wouldn't hesitate to vote for William Hurt. Yeah. If he didn't already have an Oscar. Yeah, I mean, I feel like George Clooney, in a way, I'm happy he won for supporting actor and for something as harmless as Syriana. I mean, I think he's good in it. I think he's fine. He's mm -hmm. always George Clooney, which he will never not be, but at least now he has... An Oscar, you know, I, I has shutters his own. Well, he produced Argo. He got, right, that's it. Right, for wins as okay. an indi like individual Oscar. This is right. No, yeah, yeah. His only, and I shudder to think what would have happened the year of Up in the Air if yeah. he had not already previously won. 
Um, so I'm fine that he threw it, but he would not have been my vote. Matt Dillon, but that movie is, I mean, he's like, doesn't make me want to vomit as much as other things in that movie. <laughs> so good on you, Matt Dillon. I wouldn't vomit on you. Um, Paul Giamatti, you know, he has an immediate knock against him because he's in a boxing movie. So I would movies. rather punch, knock myself out. I kind of liked that movie. Then I Heaven did not. Me. Oh, Ron Howard. I'm sure I wouldn't if I rewatched it now, but. Ten years ago, I didn't treacle, mind it. Treacle, treacle, treacle. It sure was. Um, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal's category fraud, completely. Oh, for sure. To be in supporting, um, but I think he's really. I think. I don't know. I'm torn between William Hurt and Jake Gyllenhaal too. I think Jake Gyllenhaal gets a little bit overshadowed because Heath Ledger is so so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and William Hurt is, and I loved History of Violence, so I think I'm going to give mine to William Hurt. I'll stick with. J- Jakey G, then. Great. Well, speaking of treacle and <laughs> Turkish delights <laughs> and non-humanoid nominees. I know who wins. My winner would be James McAvoy as the fawn. <laughs> Mr. Tumnus. <laughs> Mr. Tumnus. In the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Hmm. And... It's not that I think he was the best actor or gave the best performance that year, but he was the furriest, <laughs> and by golly, I liked him. There you go. All right. Now, if you were... And watching Matt Dillon oh, no. is like watching a tire melt in a desert sun. <laughs> oh, oh, my. So, No. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, that happened. Yeah. Tire, melting the sun. So, I, if I had to include someone who wasn't nominated, other than James McAvoy, uh, I, and you're both going to cringe, but I would have included Kevin Costner for the upside of anger. Oh. I will indeed cringe. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I just... Bombed. Oh, I know who I would have included. A who? performance that's really quiet and understated and lovely. Donald Sutherland for Pride and Prejudice. Mm. He was like on the kind cusp. of in the mix just because it's Donald Sutherland and I can't believe he doesn't have an Oscar nomination. Right. Also right in the mix was Terrence Howard for Crash because people were like, oh, he's having such a good year and if he doesn't get in for act- actor, he could get in for Crash for supporting. He speaking of vomit. Yeah, cringeworthy humans. Like full vomit. He gets your full vomit. Like, actually vile. Like, has an extensive domestic abuse record. Mm-hmm. Look it up, friends. Oh, Moving God. on to less tragic things. Nathan, would you like to read the nominees for Best Supporting Actress? Would I? <laughs> okay, we have Rachel Weisz. Close. <laughs> No, I know. Rachel Weiss. I That's how I usually say it. I don't know. I've heard people say Weiss, but They're Rachel wrong. Weiss. Um, Daniel Amy Craig Constant Gardner. Mm-hmm. Amy Adams in Dreambook. Catherine Keener in Capote. Capote. Frances McDormand in North Country. And Michelle Williams in Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start us off on this one. This is a this is a good category. Yeah, I'm not super. I did not like Capote, but I always enjoy Catherine Keener, and I think she was the most had the most 
truthful and real performance in that film. Mm -hmm. Like she did her best to ground it in any form of reality. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, North Country is a nothing movie, but I'm always pleased as punch to see some Franny McDee. Always. So I'm never going to complain about a nomination for her. Uh, I think, for me, it's my top two Michelle Williams performance. Mm -hmm. Tied with... Blue uh, Valentine. Blue Valentine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and I really liked Rachel Weisz and The Constant Gardener, but that movie didn't stick with me so much. And now I have some problems retrospectively with the character. Oh, like, I, I might now, too. I don't really remember the movie either. Dead, pregnant, wife. Yay. Parts for women. <laughs> you get to be pregnant and you get to be dead. But our protagonist is the male and how he feels about it. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think I would actually, you know, just so she also had hers and then maybe she could, you know, take a break. I think I would have given it to Amy Adams in Junebug. That performance is just so light and charismatic but she's also has surprising depth i really loved that performance and that movie Underrated. and that movie if you haven't seen june bug like nathan it's really check it great. out um much like supporting actor but even more so i love this category this is one of my favorite lineups even though francis mcdormand is yes filler nomination i still i, I really love this lineup but if you have to do filler, you should always do. I feel like any year Even that there's she's just not, not in a film, strong, just yeah. throw in Frances McDormand. Either like, she or Tilda Swinton. Like, they can alternate yeah, every, every year. every other year. Franny McDee That's just that, that fifth spot. Maybe they can take the Meryl Streep slot. Yeah. That would be yeah. <clears throat> It would be. Um, this was also a really exciting category at the beginning of the season. When it was like, you definitely had, you know, the critics were kind of rallying behind Amy Adams. And it was like, oh, this is such a small film. And she's... People don't know her. This is not going to happen. Right. You had Michelle Williams, who's like, also had her detractors. It was like, no, she comes from the, the, the WB show, or I guess it probably was UPN or whatever at that point, if that show was even on anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I think so. And then you had Rachel Weisz, who was kind of like, oh, is she lead? Is it supporting? And, right. you know, she also came from like The Mummy. But these are all kind of like critically acclaimed performances and then Catherine Keenock kind of snuck in later. Which I love her in the Mummy movies. P oh no, me S. too. For sure. Um, <laughs> it was kind of disappointing that Rachel Weisz ended up like steamrolling the whole season yeah. and being like a lock to win because it was a really exciting category especially at the Critics' Choice Awards. Amy Adams and Michelle Williams tied. And it was like, oh, it wasn't Rachel Weisz. Awesome. And right. there was a tie. Like, who could it be? I was really, really rooting for Amy Adams at that point. Also because as... You might know from our Guilty Pleasures bracket, we're all big fans of Drop Dead Gorgeous, which is her film debut. Yes. But also she had, I had seen her in more than one production at the Chanhassen Dinner Theater in Chanhassen, Minnesota, which mm. is like 10 minutes from where I grew up. Uh, so I was really like, wow, I've seen her, I know her. And she was fucking awesome in Junebug. Yeah. Like so good, shockingly good. Yeah. I still think it's probably her best performance. Oh, for sure. If I had to give her an Oscar for one of her nominations, it would absolutely be. And it seemed like a one-off. Like, oh, we probably won't really hear from this actress again. But yeah, shockingly, she's just continued well, we to, to boom in, in the Oscar season. I mean, which you just don't find that, every... like, very traditionally pretty white, petite women just yep. really don't find their spot in film. It's shocking she went on to have a career. Yeah. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> um, Hubs. What do you but say? yeah, if I had a vote, it would go to, to Amy Adams. 
Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm leaning Michelle Williams. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. I was I was torn between. I think, I think she's my runner up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for all of these categories, I'm choosing not to reveal how few of the movies that I've seen. <laughs> but I did see The Constant Gardener. I didn't. I didn't really love it, to be honest. I thought it was good, but it doesn't strike me. It's not something like if I was as into movies then as I am now, and I was into movies then, but. It's not something that I would remember ten years later. Yeah, right it's, away. It's, it's only really because it was I nominated and won for the or whatever. Right. So. Anyway, it was kind of yeah, surprising we, that it just sort of steamrolled. I was like, really? That? Oh. Okay. Yeah. And she was also like pregnant and with Darren Aronofsky, <laughs> they were about to have their kid. Yeah. That whole award season. It yeah. continues the grand tradition of supporting actresses being pregnant, massively pregnant. Yeah, like oh, eight really. months pregnant or something crazy. Yeah. So as Mich we've already Michelle, even well, especially because I, it was pre, my week with Marilyn. <laughs> so I did not know the pain she would cause. Oh, you hate that movie so much. Uh, as we briefly touched on, I think we all would, or at least Elizabeth and I would have knocked out any of them, maybe, for Maria Bello. Yeah. I, I think I would have put her in supporting. There was, I, what might have cost her was category confusion over whether she's lead or supporting. Yeah. I think for that movie, though, she was, a, I think it was a supporting. Right. And I would have taken out, as much as I love her, I would have taken out Francis just because. Right. Yeah. That movie and performance are. Ah, oh, it kills me that she wasn't nominated. I know, and that she's never. And that came from, like, no, right on the she... heels of The Cooler, the Cooler where she was right. almost nominated for that, right. too. And that she's never really had her moment since. I love Maria Bello. Me too. I'm Give sure me more Maria more. Bello. For all you Hollywood executives out there listening to this podcast, cast Give us Maria more Bello Maria Bello. Anymore. But not in bad TV detective series where she has to wear a fedora. Yeah, no, no. Huh. no, no. <laughs> um, I'm going to have you cringe again when I say I would have also nominated Diane Keaton for The Family Stone. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Which, besides... However you feel about the movie, I know you, you neither of you two like Diane Keaton. Whatever. Let's move on. Moving on. Let's do some of the screenplay categories. Um, original screenplay, the nominees were Crash, Good Night and Good Luck, Match Point, The Squid and the Whale, and Syriana. Ugh. Yeah. That's what I say about this Basically, category. Uh, well, I can go. Please do. I would have voted for Good Night and Good Luck. I don't know. I mean... It's been so long. I haven't seen it since. Um, yeah, me either. So my tastes and expertise have changed, but I do remember really loving Good Night and Good Luck. It was my... Me too. At the time, it was totally my style. And or it, so I and thought. it was quite stylish, but I wonder if I might watch it now and be like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have Well, now that I know George Clooney was behind it, I produce, wrote, directed. Exactly. Started. I already hate it. So, <laughs> but I would still have voted for that. I had that reaction. I remember liking it at the time, and then a few years ago, I want to say, only like three or four years ago, I rewatched it, and I was like, oh. Mm. Yeah, I was really disappointed in it. It's mm. all very, like it thinks it's being Clever and clever and, and yeah. stylish and it's really just like a knockoff of good work rather than being good on its own mm -hmm. um 
Like, I was just thinking thinking of that film, Amy Schumer did the great, like, 12 Angry Men parody on her show. Yeah. And she really nails all the beats of that original movie and the cinematography, because she directed that episode. Like, she really gets yeah. it. But, and I mean, that's a brilliant episode, because whatever, it's a comedy, but... That's basically what he's doing with Good Night and Good Luck, is he's just taking beats and images of better, older movies and passing them off as his own. I think I would actually probably do Noah Baumbach for The Squid and the Whale. That movie yeah. made me really uncomfortable, but I thought that that screenplay was sort of eviscerating in an uncompromising way. Yeah, and when you think best original screenplay, he definitely has a voice. Right. Um, I think at the time I would have voted for Good Night and Good Luck, and looking back at my now-deleted Zanga that I had up at the time, uh, I was rooting for Good Night and Good Luck, uh, especially because Crash was such a front-runner by Oscar night. I was rooting for anything I but mean, Crash. that script was literally, they just put up, like, stereotypes on a wall and spun a wheel and was like, this stereotype is going to make this meet this stereotype. Yep. Oh, everyone so needs an arc, so this will happen, and this will happen, and this will happen, oh. and oh, they all need to have... They if need to have something connected. The arc, wait, this will be genius. If they're racist in the beginning, let's humanize them by the end. And if we think that they're great people in the beginning, let's show that they're racist by the end. Ugh. Genius. Drop a bomb. Win an Oscar. Uh, definitely would not have voted for Syriana, <laughs> uh, which had such no, category confusion. It was like adapted at first and like nominated for some things because it was clearly based on something. Right. And then all of a sudden, nope, it was original and it got nominated and fuck that shit. <laughs> Whatever. Original screenplay. I kind of like Match Point, actually, though. I, I do, just, too. And I, I, I love that it was kind of like a genre yeah. exercise. And he, oh, totally, I yeah. haven't seen that since. And I, like that I, I might not lot, like actually. it now, but it was kind of sexy. Oh, it was very sexy. Which, which is not an adjective for... you would use for, for Woody Allen. <laughs> in any sense. I mean, at least he's not in it. So. <clears throat> um, Alright, so moving on to Best Adapted Screenplay. We have Brokeback Mountain, Capote, the Constant Gardener, A History of Violence, and Munich. And this category is so much stronger than the other. So much. I mean, three of these, I think, are really strong. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would have done Brokeback. Yeah, me too. That was my clear favorite. But I really like the History of Violence adaptation, and I was really, really into Munich, actually. Mm -hmm. I was certainly on a screenplay level super into short fiction at this time of my life. <laughs> Did you read Brokeback Mountain? No, I actually haven't. Oh, but it's oh, great. It's really I just great. really appreciated that that was what it sprang from. Um, I would have totally voted for that. Right. I would have too. I I do... Did you... A History of Violence was in there, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I loved... I actually loved that movie. Well, really liked that movie. And that's like a graphic novel? But I don't, novel, I don't remember. Sort of, yeah. mm -hmm. Is it, I mean, I've seen Brokeback Mountain several times, I guess, as part of it. So. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously I haven't read all the source material for all of them, but I definitely read uh, the short story by Annie Pearl, Brokeback Mountain, and it's it's quite a bit different. I mean, it's yeah. definitely the same thing, but it right. like it focuses on different things. It's quite short, and it's such a good adaptation. I mean, even she will concede that it is... A fantastic adaptation. Oh, yeah. Well, they deserve that through and through. 100%. Did they win? They did. Good. One of its three Oscars. Do we want to do director or lead lead performances? Let's do best actor and then director and then save actress. 
Unfortunately. Even though this year's been a little bit of a I know. Am I reading actor? You sure you are. are. Best actor. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. Terrence Howard. Heath Ledger. Joaquin Phoenix. And David Strathairn. I think these are all movies we've mentioned so far. Well, no, that's not true at all. Um, <laughs> we all know Philip Seymour Hoffman was Capote. Terrence Howard was Hustle and Flow for this particular nomination. Menstrual um, Flow. Heath Ledger, Broke Up Mountain, Joaquin Phoenix, Walk the Line, and David Strathairn. <laughs> good night and good luck. Good night and good luck. Well, that goes without saying. Sure does. Who would you have voted for? I honestly, hmm. I would have voted for David Strathairn, to be mm-hmm. honest, because at the time, I actually remember. So, this is where I'm about to be assaulted. So, call the cops. I Dialed. really, really liked Crash when I saw it. <laughs> Silent judging. <laughs> I was, I was eight, all of 18 years old, but a babe. In the woods, as it were. I and feel like you just told me you have, like, joined ISIS. Well, pretty much. <laughs> um, oh my. And Brokeback, I was a little disappointed in. You, you Be- wanted more penetrative sex. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. Well, yes. More but... homophobia? <laughs> oh, hi. The neighbors um, are excited about this, too. Yeah, where am I going with this? I mean, that you would have voted for David Strathairn. Yeah, I mean, I all to justify that Heath Ledger, while great, wasn't dead yet. And I do. I mean, I'm just gonna say, people remember it as being better than it was because he's dead. I, just I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it it does have a certain like James Dean like. Reverend. Not that it wasn't great, because of course he was, of course he was very talented, and it was a great performance. Well, I I disagree only in that I had completely at this point written off Heath Ledger. Um, like I remember, you know, I thought he was really charming in Ten Things I Hate About You, but even that as a performance, and him sort of in appearance is something that has improved in my estimation as I've gotten older. When I was a teenager, I was definitely like way more attractive to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, both his his yes. appearance and that character. And now, older, I'm like, oh no, Heath Ledger is super sexy in that movie. But then he did like a Knight's Tale, which I didn't like at all. Which it was horrible, and he was horrible in it. Like he See, just. Yeah, I loved a Knight's Tale. I did not. I hated that. I, I hated. I think I hated that movie the way you guys hate the holiday, because you say that all the girls, stupid girls in your life, are like. Ooh, the holiday this is how i feel about a night's tale. tale all the girls that i knew were like oh a night's tale I was like this movie is they a were. piece yeah. of horse shit <laughs> so i really did not think anything of heath ledger and i went into that movie with like no expectation for him and i was expecting him to be like oh he's the silent manly man oh and then about halfway through the movie i was just like oh no it's so much He's doing so much with so little. Yeah. And I understood everything about Ennis. Like, I totally got... Like, yeah. that's that's a performance where taking the side that, like, yes, now he's dead and it's sad and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, that was one that I viscerally remember in the theater being like, 
gosh, I'm so moved by it. So I would have voted Heath Ledger. The movie wouldn't work as well without his portrayal. No, not at all. And for the record, Philip Seymour Hoffman is very talented, but I hated his Capote. I I actually thought thought Toby Jones did a better Capote a few years later for the HBO movie. No, it was theatrically released. Infamous. Infamous. Well, either way, I thought Toby Jones did it better. Um, Yeah, this category is fine. The only person that and I was kind of rooting for him to get in was Russell Crowe, Cinderella Man, just because I really didn't want Terrence Howard to get in. For, oh, well, I would have And taken there were that. clearly, like, six that were in the running, but then this was also the year that Russell Crowe, like, threw a, a phone at someone, like, before the BAFTAs or something. I don't know. I don't remember the, the timeline. I would have taken out Terrence Howard, who is a piece of human garbage, and put in <laughs> Eric Bana, who I think actually doesn't get enough oh, for yeah, how yeah. terrific he is in He's like Ewan McGregor. He always, I mean, not, not quite on that level, but... I think he would be if he worked kind of more. Charisma, charismatic and makes it seem like what he's doing is easy. But yeah. He, James McAvoy, Ewan mm-hmm. McGregor, they're all in this group of people who are just always naturally really good, and so those performances don't get singled out. Right. Consistently great. Yeah. Um, but all that said, I, of course, would have voted for Heath Ledger. I remember I was really invested in Brokeback Mountain for like years leading up to its release just because I'd heard about it. This is when I, like, as I was coming out of the closet and I was obsessed with Jake Gyllenhaal already <laughs> for years. So I was so excited at his casting and so bummed by Heath Ledger's casting. Because yeah. even still, I, I don't find Heath Ledger that attractive. Not that that's like the point of who I would want to be cast in, in right. Brokeback Mountain. But like his attempt at seriousness was Monsters Ball a few years before. Oh yeah, and I, that too. Uh, and I, well, and I, I mean, I hated that, that movie, movie to begin with. <laughs> And he was fine in it, but whatever. I was like, eh. But seeing it, oh my god. Like, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's an all-time I mean. performance. But unfortunately, I think so is Philip Seymour Hoffman and Capote. And it was like, it was like, for me, it's like Gregory Peck in To Kill a Mockingbird in the same year as um, Peter O'Toole in, in Lawrence of Arabia and the one I would have voted for lost. Well, you I might feel different. Capote. Everything about it. Well, true true confession, MTV's true life right here. I <laughs> fell asleep at Capote in the theater, yes. and I haven't seen it since. Yes. I mean, I mostly could, fo- I could I could tell you what the movie was, and I got enough out of the performances, wow. but it was also to such an extent that the Screen Actors Guild nominations came out, and I'm already at this point like half a decade into my Oscar obsession, like I know everything. Chris Cooper was nominated for Supporting Actor at the Screen Actors Guild, and I was like, oh my god, they made a mistake. Chris Cooper's not in Capote. No, apparently he is. Like, is he? He must be. He must have been. I could be totally misremembering this, and I should look up, like, the Screen Actors Guild nominations, but I swear to God, he was nominated for Supporting Actor for Capote, and I was like, he's not in Capote. (laughs) But he is in Capote. Ready to call him up. (laughs) That's the Francis McDormand until the Swinton Filler. They're like, oh, we don't have another person. Christopher, let's let's just say he's in Capote, because no one remembers that movie, because it's horrible. Because it's a snooze fest. Well, I hate, the thing I hate about that performance, but it comes down to it, like, every year. It comes down to the same, like, Daniel Day lewis for Lincoln that I'll keep coming back to. I really get turned off by, oh, look at me transform. Look at me put on wigs and change my voice. And I, I just get annoyed with the idea that that's the, the best. Pinnacle. The pinnacle of acting. But I feel like Heath Ledger kind of did that, too. I mean, they both did it, but Capote, just as a personality, is so... I mean, Truman Capote is so flamboyant. Uh, oh, right, I like understand. two different approaches. I don't know. But two very Brokeback Mountain doesn't... I mean, I understand that he led was actually an Australian man, but Brokeback Mountain does not feel like 
look at this act oh do no a million for sure things. No. It feels it's like much a, more grounded it feels like a real human and i also think that it's you know on stage there's one thing to do this like physical transformation and then as an audience to be there and feeding off that but film is so much about like subtleties subtleties yeah. and what and your relationship with the camera and i think when actors are so busy putting on all of these other you know freaking iron lady shit <laughs> they lose that connection so for me i'm never gonna go for that performance all the time. i mean i clearly just need to rewatch the movie and have some coffee beforehand <laughs> More than coffee. I don't it's know. Coke. More than coffee. Nah. <laughs> we don't condone that. Never. Never. Uh, moving on, best director. We have the winner, thank God, Ang Lee for Brokeback Mountain, Bennett Miller for Capote, Paul Haggis for Crash, George Clooney, Good Night and Good Luck, and Steven Spielberg for Munich. Nathan, what say you? Well, I'm kind of using two different sort of guiding principles for my voting. I'm not being very consistent, in other words. What's like, right new? now... <laughs> right now, if you ask me, I mean, I have to vote for Ang Lee. Right. All I'm saying is, at the time, I probably would not, or maybe would not have. But he is a genius. Yeah. And... He is the, superhuman. Just the sheer diversity of his films yeah. and the diversity of style and aesthetic and everything. Uh, it's like his inspiring. own like, stamp is, as like a director is, is that good. It's like great quality. Like <laughs> right. fucking amazing. And then he's really great at we're having a great relationship with his cinematographer because all of his films are beautiful. Yeah. I mean, so, I can't believe that he's like the same director of Sense and Sensibility, one of my all-time favorite Crouching Tiger, movies. Hidden Dragon. Crouching Tiger. Brokeback, Life of Pi. Like, <laughs> damn. Damn, son. He gets my vote. I bet he gets your vote. Yep. Yep. Boom, boom. Boom. Uh, let's do Actress. Oh, no. Nathan, you get the, you get the pleasure because it has one of your all-time favorite nominees. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Please read um, the films as well. But <laughs> Since obviously most Best... of these films were not nominated for anything else because they're women's pictures. Of course. Right. They are women's pictures. Best Actress, <laughs> Chris Witherspoon, Walk the Line, as June Card of Cash. Thank you. <laughs> Judy Dench, Mrs. Henderson Presents. Let me guess, she was Mrs. Henderson? She was Laura Henderson. Oh. Felicity Huffman, Transamerica as Sabrina Osborne. Keira Knightley, Pride and Prejudice as Elizabeth Bonnet. Bennett. <laughs> Bonnet. <laughs> Close enough. Bennett. Charlize Theron in North Country as Josie Ames. Um, should I just go first? Yeah. Why not? Well, I will say that the most garbage piece of human acting <laughs> in the past 30 years is Felicity Huffman. <laughs> it's offensive. It's wrong. It's wow. just so bad. And just that movie is even worse. Well, yeah, it's over the top. It's the least human like she's not playing this transgender person as, as a human, human. Yeah. she's playing the condition 
mm-hmm. as she, you know. It's hard because I feel like the condition. film is playing that. Exactly. Right, no, I don't think it's her it's, fault. I don't really have anything against Felicity Huffman except, like, so what, the film is what does she have to offer the world? But... <laughs> <laughs> she's great on Sports Night, and she was pretty good on the first season of Desperate Housewives as well. But yes, Trans America is more garbage than Felicity Huffman. Yeah. She's kind of the pawn in this devil's game. It is sort of funny to see how... We've come in 10 years from that movie getting made and getting praised and her performance being Mm -hmm. praised versus, I think, the reception that would happen if it came out today, which would be like, what the fuck? And there are all these amazing, you know, trans actors and to not use one of them and the role. Although then again, two years ago, Jared Leto won for Dallas Fox. Right, and we just, at the cinema the other evening saw, I don't remember the title of the film, but Elle Fanning plays a... A transgender and the movie looks so good but it's like it does look great. white it's naomi watts upper middle mom class and susan sarandon all I think straight cisgender people yeah right which but if that's the way that hollywood can slowly yeah teach yeah the yeah, rest yeah, of america yeah, yeah. well yeah i mean I it's better it's i i mean it's better that the film exists at all than not exists mm-hmm. at all but anyway I would have to vote for Charlize Theron, even though she what? didn't. Whoa. Well, okay, let's see. The other one was the other nominees were Pride and Prejudice. Haven't seen it. Oh. Mrs. Henderson presents. Haven't seen it. Walk the line. Haven't seen it. What do you want me to do? Felicity okay, Huffman, go to hell. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm in a rock. Fair I'm assessment. I'm in a rock and a heart. Between a rock and a heart. Well, I think it's a real bummer you haven't seen Pride and Prejudice because. I love that film. I would have nominated it for one of the best five that year because I also think it's a terrific... I mean, full disclosure, I love Jane Austen and I love Pride and Prejudice, the book, but I've seen a bajillion adaptations and if you guys were at all into this, you would totally come at me, but I think the Joe Wright film is better than the 1995 BBC miniseries with Colin Firth. Sorry, suck it. Audience, I can see that you're all gasping in shock. Throwing a drink. Um, and I, I mean, I grew up because I watched that 1995 version when it came out with Jennifer Ely and Colin Firth, and my family and we love it, and it is terrific. Uh, and I sort of went into it thinking like, oh, no one can touch Jennifer Ely's take on Elizabeth Bennet, and Keira Knightley is so good. She captures everything that past interpretations haven't because I think Elizabeth Bennet is considered this like very intelligent quick-witted woman which she is but she's also like a young woman Mm -hmm. and confused and impulsive and all these things and I think all the past performance I've seen of that have been so caught up in playing the heroine that they forgot to play her as a human being and Keira Knightley had like the youth of the character and the impulsiveness and I just thought it was I thought the film is breathtaking the score is my favorite I would have had that win it was mm-hmm. nominated I would have had that one for best score that year uh, for me it's easily Keira Knightley North Country is a nothing of a movie yeah. <laughs> what is Trans- why does everyone hate North Country it's just it was set in my country it's just yes 
That's a really the only reason I it. It's like a lifetime movie. Yeah. It, I mean, a notch above. I, I do For like Charlize Theron in it, and I really do like Francis McDormand, but it's also yeah, just kind of like... Yeah, neither of them are bad. It's just not remarkable in any sort of way. No. There's some high school friends who were extras in that movie. What? That automatically means it was a great film. No. Transamerica was automatic. garbage. And Reese Witherspoon and Walk the Line is Don't you dare. Bullshit. Nope. Well, that will transition to me. She is not a human. This category is... a walking caricature. ...kind of crap. This is such a weak Best Actress I field. agree. It's not great. Um, and just on the bubble, for in, in terms of who probably just missed out on a nomination, was... I'm, I'm going to forget which comes for either Zhang Ziyi or Ziyi Zhang. I oh, forget yeah, which is her for, for Memoirs of a Geisha, which is not a great performance, not a great film. I'm really glad that Kira Knightley got in. I think she is great. She's luminous. I really like that movie. It's in my top ten. Um, but I, 100% of those five would have given it to Reese Witherspoon. I'm glad she won. I think she's fantastic. And I really movie did like that movie. Garbage. No, I would have nominated it for Best Picture. I mean, of those. We'll, we'll get to it in a second when we get to Best Picture. But I think she's great. I really think she's great. She's a caricature. Mm. Enough of a caricature that's like, hey, that's June Carter Cash, and that works for this like Hollywood biopic film where you have Joaquin Phoenix uh, as. What? It, it's uh, true. It is. Elizabeth just squirted Nathan with a water bottle. I thought she spit on me. Even better. I love that she no, did it to you and not to me as I. As I sit that here. Walk the Line is in any way, shape, or form a good movie. <laughs> My thing was this, too. It's clearly an Oscar movie, and in the context of Oscar season, the year before, you would have had Ray, like, get in no problem for Best Picture, and I loathe with every fiber of my being. As, as a Best Picture winner, there are obviously worse, or Best Picture nominee, there are obviously worse films, but that biopic just, like, slid in, and it's terrible, and then the next year, Walk the Line is, like, a hundred million times better, and it no. doesn't get in. They're essentially I was the bummed. same. Nope. One just has white people. <laughs> Which is why it's better. <laughs> mur, mur, mur. kidding I just got squirted with the water bottle as I so deserved uh, but it's super super disheartening that Joan Allen didn't get in for the upside of anger which is so 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 fucking good not the whole movie but her performance is unfucking believable it was released like earlier in the year like February or March she should have had the whole year to build I don't know what the hell happened with this weak ass category that uh, she had like three well, nominations before this. Like, but she where... was like middle aged, and it was clearly a clearly a light film. Yeah, such <laughs> bullshit. I uh, to be honest, I don't remember because I I can't with that movie because Kevin Costner is great, and their chemistry is great. They're both so good, even if you don't like Kevin. Co no, let's, watch it again. Seriously, watch it again. Let's get real though. Joan Allen is like the creepy doll. <laughs> dollhouse that you find in your grandmother's attic. Okay, we have to have like a Joan Allen marathon because I am positive that you two would love her. Like what in the fuck? Like the Crucible and no. the Upside of Anger 100%. The Bourne movie. She's so intelligent. Oh, I hate her in the Bourne movie. No. She is scary. But I don't know that it's so much her in those movies as it is just the part which is like... The Contender. I love her in that movie. You would love that movie too. I've seen that movie. Nathan would. Uh, uh, I don't understand. No. You're wrong. <laughs> You're just She's ignorant like, in the ways of Miss She came Joan. out of some wormhole that needs to be closed. <laughs> No. There is that Joan Allen <laughs> wormhole. Oh. All right, Whatever. 
she was nominated anyway. Let's get to the the big guns. Yeah. Best picture. The nominees would have been Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Crash, Munich, and Good Night and Good Luck. Right. God, this year kind of sucked. Yeah, it was so was somber. A, like it was such a big yeah, like a black and white. I don't know. Sepia toned year. <laughs> Not just in terms of mood. Well, I would have easily kicked out Capote. And for sure, Crash, and I would have put in Pride and Prejudice and History of Violence. For sure, History of Violence. I mean, fuck it, I would have nominated Grizzly Man. <laughs> Why not have a documentary for Best I Picture? I would have nominated Memoirs of a Geisha before I nominated Crash. No. I, I am okay with Crash's nomination if it means Memoirs of a Geisha doesn't get in. Uh, well, I think it's... I don't know about for Nathan, but for me it's easy to say that uh, Brokeback Mountain would have gotten my vote. 100%. Um, although I do really, really like Munich, and I think it's a really strong film. Um, and I thought that there was a real sense of, like, paranoia. I thought Steven Spielberg shot in a way that he sort of... Nathan is convulsing. In a more noirish <laughs> And got squirted to the squirt bottle again. <laughs> Than, like, other Spielberg films that looks a little different. Yeah, no, and I... I'm a, I'm yeah. a Munich defender, but I, I clearly... Munich is, like, Blandy McBland. Like, no, I, I feel like Munich. Munich was the Argo of 2005. Kind of, but better. And higher stakes. Mm-hmm. I don't totally disagree with that, but when you're looking at higher a Higher stakes than life and death, Elizabeth? Yes. Higher stakes than life and well, death. Well, they created a lot of those stakes for Argo, and this was, like... <laughs> Retaliation for like, <laughs> Jewish murders. So yes. Uh, would you have voted Brokeback, Nathan? Would I have? No, at the time, I would yeah, have voted. Would I would have voted Good Night and Good Luck because I was so. Like I said, I was just getting into movies, like right. in a different sort of way than I had already been into movies, and so ooh, it's black and white and stylized. It's right. like. A huge thing for me. But that's like that I, is that I understood that you know, wow, movies can have this kind of distinct point of view, and that's really cool. And I still think that's really cool. But I'm not so green anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, yeah, of the five, I would probably vote for Brokeback, but I, I would definitely. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned Grizzly Man because that's top three of all time any movie, narrative, documentary, whatever, any year, ever for me. Wow. Impressive. Seems well, I definitely would have voted uh, for Brokeback Mountain. And I, I mean, as much as I hate Crash and that it won, it's like okay in the scheme of things because now Crash just gets shit on left and right and Brokeback Mountain like gets more <laughs> you alright he's is... trying to flick the water that I sprayed him with yes. back on to me but I remember like going to Crash it was released in like May or something like right at the beginning of the summer yeah went to it and I was like oh okay that was fine it was like an independent movie with an ensemble cast I always yeah. love big casts it's I was not like why that not bad. and then uh, it still is just shocking to me that it literally, not that it came from nowhere, but it was like 
not being thought of as a serious awards player at all. Of course, that you start with like the critics groups and none of them are going to vote for it. Right. You knew the Screen Actors Guild was going to go for it. Of course, it's a huge cast. Like, why would they not go for something right. like that? That's kind of prestige. But then it just sort of like snowballed from there into like, okay, fine, I guess it's for sure getting in for Best Picture into all of a sudden being... It, it was really only a vote against Brokeback that... That tipped I, the scales. Yes, a lot of a lot of people absolutely would have voted for Crash. No, I, no yes, question. Because I think the worst thing about Crash is that is the reason that so many people voted that movie for is it. shit. No, but they feel they felt good about themselves. Yeah, I think it's that like community. I think no, it, like yeah, I'm like not racist. Let's correct. Like, this feel good like anti. <laughs> racism film right which i think that is so you know not nuanced but they can feel good about it i think i think it's both i think it's what you said matt and and, okay yeah i'm sure that there was some like latent homophobia that kept broke back from winning but i think it was actually more and you know the thing about crashes it is it's hard to watch it and not have a visceral response to it because it's so fucking emotionally manipulative Super like it does every but at the same time it's sort of like you know what and so i'm sure people were like exactly what nathan said they were like yes i'm taking a stand for like ending racism by voting for this <laughs> film the same way well, the, freaking, the same way like the freaking blind side the way the blind side makes it in when they expand the best picture field but right yeah with the way blind and, oh and, God, and when i, I full disclosure when i watched the blind side I sobbed like a freaking baby oh, because so it's incredibly emotionally manipulative, but that doesn't make it a good film and certainly not a sensitive or interesting look at racial tension and interaction in LA. Right. It just means it's manipulative. So I can see why it won. Which is too bad that the Oscars comes down to like the least common denominator and like you would think that right. people that are in the Academy would be like the best of the best and would be able to be like, Oh, sure. I might've been moved by this, but I can, I have the brain to know that this is a manipulative piece of garbage. Right. But it rarely is. But when you have your, your own secret ballot, your own personal ballot to be like, Nope, I like this one. But that's sort of the fascinating thing because the next year was, um, no country for old men, right? Two years. The next year was departed. Right. So it's interesting that they went with like a very, sort of emotional response that year with Crash. Well, they were also embarrassed. I mean, the, the media following was Oh, like, totally. And they clearly, like, course-corrected or were very cognizant. I mean, not... You, it's hard to talk of them as this monolithic group. Right, because like, it's, yeah, thousands. But, but yes. I mean, it's also, like, the 2006 with Departed was clearly just Scorsese. Time for Take Scorsese. It, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just mean then it's... Which is why I think No Country for Old Men is a more interesting case, because that movie is right. very non-sentimental. <laughs> It's so good. Oh no, it's a ter- right. It's good because it's not that was a good year. emotionally that was a manipulative. Year. It's actually a great film. It is. But yeah, that was that was the main Oscar races for two thousand five and some trivia. Uh, we'll do a part two once we've uh, had a chance to rewatch some of these films from two thousand five at some point later on this year in twenty fifteen. And just to let you know, Nathan, to really break your heart, um, Grizzly Man was not even nominated for best documentary. Sure was. Oh no, that's a sign. That's a positive sign. As far as I'm <laughs> <laughs> With this group that's gonna get it to crash, yeah. Why not? 
Uh, but we'll do that oh. at some point later on yeah. with our own personal top ten list for 2005. And when we are the empress of the academy, it will in fact be a monolith because we will. Oh well, and we will retroactively go back and monolith that we live and reign from. <laughs> and then by that point, the three of us will have converged into the one into one being. One being with one all-seeing eye. Even though, like, one half will love Reese Witherspoon walk the line and the other will think it's Drek, but you know. No, you will come around. And then there will be Nathan indifferent in the middle. Uh, I'll give you Being I'll like, give you that. I will I will I will discard that, but you I will get you both to come around on Joan Allen. <laughs> and I know that I loved like Reese Witherspoon was probably my favorite perform female performance of this past year, so all right, it's Reese. the way the cookie crumbles. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Adios. Good night, and good night. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Cheerio.